When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so welcome everybody. Come on in. We're just getting set up here We're, uh, in person, but uh, let me see here. Let's the go. People are going to be excited about this. Yeah, and I want to make sure I can see this. So yeah, I, I, we can see this and hopefully they do super chats. What if I do this? What's the heart do? Oh, look at that. I can put a heart on here. Does it come up on the it's screen? It's a party. I never noticed that before. Cool. Anyhow, let's tweet this out, but I don't even know. I think I have Twitter hooked up to my iPad because my phone is over there. Um, but how do we do that? We probably should have our phones, no? Uh, you, well, if you want to grab your phone. Okay. But I don't see a share button on here. God darn it. Oh, here it is. Share. Let's see what happens if I hit Twitter. Is my Twitter logged in? It might be. So, uh, I mean, you're usually the one who tweets it, and then I retweet it. There, there. Oh, damn it. Let me edit it. I can edit now. Let's see yeah, here. Yeah, edit. Um... Okay, we're getting ready. We'll get everybody in here. So just do hang on for one second while we post this and I can add you. But where do you hit uh, edit on this thing? Okay. Uh, I don't see the edit button. Coach Nick, say what's up? What is up? I'm saying to the camera so they know. Hey, what's up? All right, let's do this at combo. We got to talk about Jordan Poole. I want to talk about his game last night. That was exciting to see. Combos court. Um, all right, you ready? You're going to be tagged now. I, I, I at least check your up your whatever. I just edited a tweet for the first time ever. Okay, so welcome everybody. Um, I will be monitoring the uh, chat from here on my iPad. So let's go back over to there. And where did the chat go? Uh, live chat. Uh, if you want your questions answered, I suppose Super Chat's the way to go. I don't know if we can put them on the screen. We're not doing our normal thing, but at the very least, we can tell, talk about it and make sure we answer them. So, uh, well, here's a good question. Maybe we'll answer some questions anyway. Uh, Grace wants to know, is Co it's combo taller than Coach Nick? Uh, you are definitely taller than me. I'm, I'm about six feet. What are you? Six five. All right. So, yeah. He's and I just got measured. So Okay. I'll yeah. give you legit six five. Oh, um, and by the way, this looks actually pretty good. You know, the funny thing is I forgot to put my phone on the Wi-Fi. So this is all LTE, you know, streaming at you. So oh, wow. Um, but From we got the dungeon. Yeah, go, right. Yeah. This has got uh, cool combos court digs. If you want to get a handle on where we are, you normally see combo. He has his, uh, uh, a uh, logo on the wall behind him, which is over there. So we're sort of in the same area. How do we sound? Can you hear us? Um, let me know in the chat. Make sure we can hear us. I have these new mics that are working. I think that they're working. We tested it out. So let me know, somebody in the comments, if, uh, if you can hear us. And uh, let me go, I'm not live. Look at this, I'm like 15 seconds behind. Yeah, that is weird. But I think the people could hear us live, which is all that matters. Yeah. So... Customer's always right, you know? Yeah, well, you know what? Here, let's do this and make sure you can hear us. So if I do this... Oh, oh, turn the... That is weird. Yeah, but all right, so we're getting... Live, all right, let's get some NBA stuff, shall we? Why not? Sounds as right, but worse quality than normal. Oh, is that right? Oh, well, uh, I mean, listen, we are not in my, I have my beautiful mic at home that I'm not on, but I think it should sound decent or pretty good. 
Anyway, so in case you don't know why I'm here, I actually traveled across the country uh, installing a Chase defense, which is the defense I developed. Um, did I show you that there's a link in an article in Forbes yesterday? Did I you show did not you? show me. Oh my goodness. So um, Forbes, uh, Matt Issa over at Forbes wrote a really great article. He's really about good, him. by the way. Matt. Yeah, 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 love yeah. him. So he interviewed me, he interviewed a coach that's running it, and it's a really cool article, so check that out. Uh, I'll, I'll tweet it out again on, my, uh, on the Twitter. Um, but uh, anyway, so I went to Missouri to a small college and helped them install it, and then they had a uh, scrimmage, and we saw it in live in person. Learned a lot just from those two days of running it. And, uh, and shout out uh, you know, to Coach Miners in, um, in Missouri, in uh, Springfield, at um, Baptist, Community, uh, Baptist, uh, Baptist Christian College. BCC, uh, Baptist Bible College because he allowed me to basically be a head coach for like 35, 40 minutes of practice. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen, right? Right. Head coaches don't let other coaches kind of run it, take over their whole practice. So it was amazing. He let me do it. I learned so much about how to install it. So I got to Queens College in New York where uh, Matt Collier, Coach Collier, has let me do the same kind of thing. And these kids are, like, these kids are, he's got a really good team, serious athletes. And um, I learned everything or so much from the weekend that now when I installed it to, uh, this time, it worked even better. So in their scrimmages, we were So it's like 2.0? Yeah, absolutely. And so all the rotations were better and cleaner. And, uh, and then the defense itself was just much more effective. So if you haven't heard about it, uh, you know, the idea behind my zone, or my, I'm going to call it my zone. Uh, it's rooted in the Gene Smith point zone. We normally. need to find a great name for it. The chase defense. Okay. You know? okay. Um, but we play behind the ball. So basically, when you play behind the ball, you can't ball screen, and you don't, you can't shoot any threes off the dribble, right? It's I don't tough. think you are. You got a guy with the hand in the back, and I actually talked to some referees uh, after the scrimmage who were all, you know, full-time college referees. And I actually asked them about that. Do we have leeway if I'm guarding the ball with my hand on the lower back, where I can put it there and make contact there? Uh, remember, the big issue with um, when you hand check is that you're impeding progress. And that's not happening here because you're behind. So you're, you're removing part of what the rule would govern in terms of that. And they're like, yeah, we probably would let you do that as long as it's not like an overt pushing back and forth and whatever. But if it's just kind of on there in a constant way, they probably won't call it. So that's exciting because that really helps in the pressure part of it. And um, it collapses the defense kind of all toward the baseline. Let me ask you a question. If somebody's hand is on your back and you get a shot up, I think some refs might call that a foul, no? Oh, okay. The like shot you shoot the quick, thing. like the right. Trey Young thing, you kind of like go straight up or even a little bit back, you know? Yeah. Well, a little bit, but we, we, what I've already been seeing in the Scotland footage of a coach out there, shout out to Coach Ross, um, is the, like what I had seen, not as much of a shot, but like the guy's got his hand and he, the, the point guard jumps in the air to like kind of throw a pass oh, okay. in, a, in a very normal way, like near the lane. Um, and you can see his hand just kind of continue to extend subtly, and then the pass becomes a little bit off target because uh, uh, of that. And so there's leeway there where we can kind of push the limits. I don't want to cheat. I'm not here to like try and get one over on anybody, but there is a way where we can find a leeway where we can just have you know have that hand be uh, a more of an effective factor in that Chris Paul way, right? But you're right. There's an issue with perhaps shooting. We don't, I haven't really seen anybody shoot a three pointer yet. Of course, the one time it happened in the scrimmage in Missouri. Uh, dude did like a sidestep 25 footer and just buried it, you know, to his right, like, and the guy was chasing him. So I guess teams, might, you know, players might be bold enough to try it. 
But um, in the most part, when I've done all these scrimmages, we haven't seen much of, at all of three-pointers. The only three-pointers that we that seem to get kind of given up might be threes in the corner, which yeah. obviously we don't want that. But when we get the rotations on point, then there's a hand up, and that's all you got. You just want a hand up, a guy running at him. The highest percentage someone's going to shoot on those is, is probably like 40, 42, you know. But what you really get mostly is uh, mid-range. Mid-range pull-ups, mid-range uh, floaters with a hand up. Now, Clay Thompson, we, I keep using him as an example because, you know, um, do, do you know what Clay Thompson shot last year from between 15 and 19 feet? No. Want to guess? Between 15, so long twos. Yeah. I'd say 43. Wow, 43.9. And Steph was like 44, right there. Now, if you hold, that's Steph and Clay. That's that was pretty like, incredible what I just did. There. It was, it really okay. was. That's a pull. Now, I probably like gave you some mind meld there because you figured it must be lower than you would think. I think people might have thought he shot 50% from there, right? Yeah, but I could have went too crazy and went into the 30s. So give right. me my credit coach. You got Come it. On, I gave you We're credit. in New York. All right. All right. We, there we go. Yeah. Credit in, in real life. Uh, <laughs> wait. Now, there, is, that, is that a comment on the screen that maybe I could, you know, put here? I don't know. I see. By the way, if you want your question asked, we can do super chats. I just want to see if I can somehow figure out how to get a super chat uh, on the screen, but uh, I don't know. What if I? Oh, look at that. Wait, what, what do I do? I can pin the, the message, <coughs> so they don't have that. Can, can think about that. YouTube has not figured out how to put a chat on the screen, but hopefully, if you do a super chat, it will alert me somehow and let me know. That's the whole key here, as I'm worried about. But if not, then don't worry. Let me know somehow. Email me. I'll send you a shirt. Um, but uh, the thing with um, Clay is people probably think, yeah, he must shoot 50%. He's automatic from mid-range, from, from 17 feet. But he isn't. He's 44%. To, in my mind, that means that normally, normal people who are shooting those mid-rangers are 40%, right? 41. I don't know what KD is. Uh, KD, I'll have to look it up. So the point being that if you're getting the other team to be shooting 41, 42% on, those, on the, most of those under, against your defense, you barely have to break 30% on your threes to come out ahead. Uh, seven out of ten times. So the math is really what we're getting here uh, in a way with the defense. So I'm really excited about that. And um, I've done 50 zooms with coaches all around the world at every wow. level. You've done that many already? Yeah, yeah. It's been crazy. I have a spreadsheet, the whole thing. It's filled. So um, we're going to get a lot more data. And then I think, you know, as the years go by, more and more teams are going to run it. So let me ask you, are more people, I mean, are different coaches more receptive than others? Uh, oh, for sure. Is there like more pushback from some coaches? Oh, yeah. Well, there's definitely the, the coaches that don't get it generally are um, older, right? Uh. You know, they're set in their ways. They don't get it. Uh, one reason why they don't get it, though, is because I think they assume that the guy behind the ball is not doing anything, just kind of standing there picking his ass. I, I think people were taught from a young age stay between the player and the basket. It's like the first thing you learn on defense, you know? Yeah. And so that's, by the way, the thing you got to kind of break. Yeah. But it hasn't been that hard, and we have prompts, and we're calling it out. Just like you call out no middle, no middle, or whatever. You know, you're calling out chase or behind or whatever the word is. And it's good to communicate. That messes up the offense as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, what we're also discovering is perhaps the defense could be like the closeout in front like normal for a beat and then jump behind, you know. Or you could be jumping behind and then get in front again. And then you can complete, complete, you cause complete havoc because at any one time, you never know what they're going to do. Now, on the flip side of that is... You could pretty much run, I might blow your mind with this, you could play behind the ball in any zone and almost nothing changes. So, so think about that. You could then turn it into a thing where... It's who, malleable. Who, who, yeah, whoever's on the ball could jump behind right. when they want to. And the other four people are just doing the same zone anyway, right? right? So the only issue we've had now are the wings tend to bump down too low like they're forwards in a 2-3 and that these long closeouts to the wing. 
So I've been trying desperately to get them to just you know, stay pushed up. We have two guys in the lane there already. Because don't forget, defense is just offense without the ball. So you still have spacing on defense, right? You still have coordinated movement, just like offense. Just don't have the ball in your hand. So I wanted to take a second to tell you about how fun it is to download prize picks and discover how much fun it is by making skill-based, real-money fantasy sports entries. And best of all, you're only competing with yourself. PrizePix offers frequent discounts, bonuses, and other exciting offers. Players can enjoy community-wide promotions including Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. I love that you can choose two or more players from any sport, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. I went bold this weekend by picking Kirk Cousins to throw for more than 275.5 yards, go Vikes, and Justin Fields, less than 184.5 yards, bear down. And will add a whole new level to my game-watching experience as I hope some of these guys throw that ball down the field a lot. Go to prizepicks.com CLNS and use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com CLNS. Prizepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, we have uh, Coach Ross is here. Uh, I wonder if that's from Ireland. It looks like it. Uh, or maybe not. Maybe. Yeah, NL Chiefs. That's him. He says, hey, Coach, catching up on the Chase chat. I couldn't believe how much we got away with a hand on the back. Interesting to hear the comments from the college refs. Yes. So I meant to tell you that. I talked to them on Sunday. Uh, and that's where I saw, when I told you, I was watching your footage going frame by frame. And I'd see the guy just, you know, a little subtle push right. when he gets up in the air. You might be able to get away with that on the shot, too. Maybe, maybe not, but certainly on those passes when they're going up to throw, which is a very normal thing to throw a pass in the air, no big deal. Um, and the pass become, it becomes a little bit off target. So um, now Ross is what he's doing in Scotland. They don't play it in the first half at all. And I think he's been down at halftime most of these games. But then they put it on in the second half. So is this college in Scotland or pro in Scotland? Uh, you know, Ross, tell me what level it is. I, I think it's like upper, like upper level high school, if I'm not okay. mistaken. I'm not sure what age... Uh, but it looks to me from the footage like they're, you know, they're a little bit old, in the older end of like either high school or, or you know, your college. Okay. Um, so, um, so, so he puts it on the second half. And as far as I could tell, he's running it almost the entire second half and they win going away. The, the other teams just can't adjust. They can't figure it out. And I think Coach Ross would tell you, uh, it's not even, they're not even running like perfectly, right? They're still yeah. figuring out rotations and stuff. And, oh, and by the way, anybody who's with me right now who I've done the Zooms, I developed a couple more uh, drills that really helped. So I filmed them all. Uh, I got them. Uh, I'll have to get them all prepped, and I'll send them out to everybody. And I, I will be making like a definitive how to teach the chase defense video that will oh. probably market it, you know, at some point soon. Okay. Um, but uh, let's see. There's another question here. You know, since we're together at Special Live, we'll, we'll answer some questions, uh, even if they're not super chats. Um, let's see. Grace wants to know if any NBA coaches have hit me up. I've shown it to a, a number of NBA coaches, and they're all extremely intrigued. They, they uh, you know. Um, one, one, the, the best, the best defensive coach in the NBA right now is extremely skeptical, and uh, but it's good. We, we're having a back and forth, and uh, he's keeping me on my toes. Um, but I think I'm slowly getting him to kind of realize that there is something there. But that said, the NBA players is a different animal. Going from small college, it was one thing. Then Division Two at Queens College is a whole other level, and they're closer to Division One. They have some serious athletes, and uh, but we're seeing because. Just because you have serious athletes on the offensive end doesn't mean that you, it'll be ineffective because those athletes are also on the defense. 100%. So they're causing a lot of disruptions. Yeah. Now, the, the only problem with the NBA, this is a three-year plan for me, right? So the small college division twos this year, 
Division One's next year, and then the NBA in the third year. Uh, and the issue is that the NBA teams would never run this without seeing a Division One team play it. I think. Or a G League team. Or a G League team. But they, but they're kind of in control of the G League team now. It's almost like a farm system. In a right. Way. So yeah. but so right, which is almost like okay, fine. We don't. We're never going to run the NBA, but we'll, we'll try the G League. Yeah, first. I think G League would be a good place. Yeah. yeah so yeah. TJ, if you're out there, uh, I, I send it to you. Better watch that video and uh, check it out. He's he's in the G League uh, coaching. Okay. And um, so I think that that might be that's the progression. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. And by the way, the NBA could very well be the kind of thing where you do close out in front normal, and then after it's just sort of slowed for a second, and then you can jump behind. That might end up being one of the ways they can kind of make it work best at that level. But um, we'll see. So, so Ross in Scotland, though, when he puts it on the second half, he runs it almost the entire second half because they don't solve it. And there's no reason to take it off, right? But um, ultimately, we, we did. We got Super Chat. Wait, can I put it up on the screen? Uh, Buy your own super chat. Go to channel. Report. Remove. I don't want to report. I want to. Uh, I want to pin it. Why can't I pin this? Sure, there's a way. Melting there's a will. There's a way. I can add him as a moderator. That would be a nice reward for uh, for a super chat. But melting, uh, melting into air. Thank you so much. Really generous. Appreciate super chat. you. And he didn't even ask this question. He's just going, hey, sports fans. And you know why? Because we didn't start a damn show that way. Oh. Hey, sports fans. Coach Nick here. Welcome to B-Ball Breakdown. Thank you for reminding me. But uh, what if I tap that? How did you forget that, Coach Nick? Uh, you know what? We, we are... That's your go-to. Um, that's your spiel. I want to... But isn't that interesting that they don't have a thing for pin? Did everybody see it, though? Maybe they can all see it, and then maybe it pins itself. Did you tell everybody you visited a bodega today? I did. I went to a bodega. I had my New York experience. I got in a little traffic, too. I drove into the city last night. That was exciting. But yeah. nothing happened. I was waiting for something to happen, right? You're in New York. You're going to see something crazy. What are your thoughts on the New York bodega? Uh, it's a convenience store, I mean, <laughs> right? Like, it's like my 7-Eleven in L.A., right? I don't know. Right? A little now, more style, though. A little more. Right. Well, that, that said, my 7-Eleven doesn't you know, slice boar's head meats in front of you, right? Fresh. There you go. That, there that you go. Big. Chopped cheese. Absolutely. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't think I'm going to get any other, you know, New York, uh, stuff. I, mean, I guess if I go on the subway, maybe if I, I'll do that, yeah, but, yeah, uh, definitely. you know, yeah, but, uh, but thank you, Melting the Air. And again, if you want our, uh, your question answered, you know, the Super Chat's the way to go. It also helps us big time, but we're also going through here. So, um, okay. Ross answered men's basketball is, it's like semi-professional, maybe a little under semi-pro. I mean, yeah, honestly, that's sort of what I felt like. Yeah. It's probably somewhere in like the college range, small college range. I'm curious, mind. like what's the highest level in Scotland look like? Is there professional leagues there? Yeah, yeah, they have pro legs, pro legs. So then the question is, well, what, how good is that? Is it as good as like maybe D1? I don't know, like maybe, maybe not. Like Scotland, you know, basketball, I, I played in England. I was a, I went to school in London uh, for, in, for a semester in 1992, but I played, I practiced with the team. And um, BDL? Uh, no, it was the, it was the uh, um, London, ULU, uh, University okay. of London team. And it was more like a club team, you know, that thing. Because basketball, it wasn't, you know, a huge thing. They have gyms, right? Of course. But the gyms are old, like from the 50s with all those, you know, those uh, things on the wall where you can, you know. They had, uh, the, they had those when I played overseas everywhere, too. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, those kind of gyms. And, um, and they had a coach, though, who was an English coach who had played at St. John's, like, in the 70s or something oh, like okay. that. And he was coaching them. Um, and it was pretty good basketball. It was probably about, you know, Division three, maybe, Division three level. Um, but, uh, but it wasn't just like an important sport, like soccer or whatever like that. So I would imagine like, yeah, the pro leagues like there are probably, you know, division two level. I, I mean, listen, Ross might be really offended at this point. I hope you're not. You know, it's hard to compare often because it's a different style of play. So mm -hmm. it's hard to compare levels. He's saying uh, British basketball league is a top league. 
They are in the Scottish Division One last year, but got relegated to Division Two this season. So Division One has several ex-pro players. Yeah. All right. So so yeah. I mean, listen, basketball is basketball. Basketball is basketball. Basketball is life. That's a lot of wisdom right there. Yeah. <laughs> so um, anyhow, oh, another super chat. D Rock, thank you so much. Really, really love you. Um, I live in Brooklyn. Which part of New York City are you all at? We, we can disclose the borough, can't we? Mm-mm. You don't want anyone to disclose that? Because the fans might show up at the door. All right, go ahead, man. All right. Well, it's the same borough as at the college I'm at right now coaching. But oh, wow. this is a big borough. So if I tell them that we're in Queens, you could be anywhere in Queens. No one's going to find you. Queens get the money. Yeah. Believe me, there's nothing to be worried about. I, I've been out there for so long. I'm not and, worried. You know. You know, yeah. you know what's funny is sometimes like I'll order DoorDash and the guy recognizes me because he watches people. And he says, "Hey, sports fans!" Yeah, right. Yeah, no. It's, I mean, listen, it's really cool. You know, it's always yeah. been positive. So, so don't be afraid. Live your life. Um, I'm not you know, afraid. You know, listen. I took you to the bodega. You know, I'm not afraid. That's right. You're right. Yeah, and then you park it on the sidewalk, <laughs> and, and and at a crowd around your car by the end of that one. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, but remember, uh, New York basketball, let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> okay. So, the mid-range game is kind of like, you know, the pull-up jump shot. It's kind of a New York thing, wouldn't you say? I'd say everything to the rim is a New York thing. Okay. Does yeah. that include, like, like, going to the rim to pull up, or does it mean layups and finishing? To the rim to finish. Okay. I think, like, all the coaches really harped on, like, get to the rim, get to the rim, you know? Right. I don't know if it's the same now, but when I was growing up, that was what it was. All right, because I'm, I'm, I'm picturing, like, you're outdoors on the, on the playground, chain link fence all the way around. Yeah, I, mean, I guess I, there's this thing where people think that um, New York players can't shoot. And I think probably some of that because, is because we play outside a lot, you know, growing up. But, Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I got to tell They talk you. about that in the point guard doc, you know? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I noticed that um, we were getting a lot of pull-ups. So here's what's interesting when you're coaching the Chase defense, for instance, is that I'm cheering the whole time. A, I'm excited because it's a new defense and I want to see him do it. But, but, but there's so many ways to find positive reactions out of this defense, whereas how often, <coughs> how often does your coach um, you know, cheer for you on defense, right? Maybe you get a steal, which happens, what, four times a game? You know, you get a good stop, whatever, whatever. But a lot of times, I just expect you to make a stop and get the rebound. And a lot of times, it's yelling and anger because you're getting beat or they're scoring, right? So this is all because again, if they pull up for a, 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 a 17 footer and there's a hand anywhere up in the area, I am cheering as like a cheerleader. It's awesome. That's what exactly we want, even if it goes in, because it's the process. You want them to keep shooting as many of those mid-range shots. So in a way, you almost can get hot on defense where you, get, you, you just lure the, de- the offense into shooting a lot of mid-range shots. That is being hot on defense, even if they are even if they knock some of them down. But I did notice that a lot of these guards here in Queens were, were knocking down some of those mid-range shots. But it, it didn't matter. I took out all the anger and all the frustration you might have about getting scored on because they're playing exactly into our hands. And over the long run, over the 10, 12, whatever shots, if you're going to run it 12 times a time, they're going to end up shooting 43 or 42% on those. And um, you just got to withstand that first barrage if they hit them. Well, if Clay is shooting 43, why would they be shooting 43? Exactly. It's yeah, 39, yeah. So 38. It's interesting that you say that because I had Seth Parnell on the pod. I mean, we recorded a lot of pods together. But way back, he told me he thought the next evolution was how the defense reacts to like the three-point revolution, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. Now, here's the thing that was bumming me out in, in Missouri. It's a small college is that those guys respond and when you I do that mind. no i mean and they they can hit them from there and when you do that i don't know how you play any kind of zone it's too far like you can't get there to close out it's a pretty open shot 
Now, I coach that. I want you to be able to shoot from the NBA or the father because, you know, you, know it's, you have more space and more time. It's more open, right? And at some point, it gets too far. But I'm, I'm sensing, especially when they listen to how I coach, you know, and unlock rhythm, you know, you can make it effortless from, you know, 35 feet. Like, that's, that's fine. So if that is the evolution we're going towards, where they're going to really just, that's where they're going to start their offense and spot up from there. I, I don't, I, I'm a little bit worried about any kind of zone, how you're supposed to cover that much ground. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, Steph Curry changed the game, analytics changed the game, and um, we're seeing it all over the world. Yeah, and maybe Coach Nick will change the game. We'll there you see. go. So you're, you're actually going against Steph Curry and the analytics in a way. Like, you're pushing back against that oh, yeah. the defense. I feel very strange when uh, a couple times the guys nailed a couple corner threes and I said, you know, can, can you just stop doing that? And I feel bad because I don't, I, I, of course, I love threes, I love shooting, but I don't want them to make me look bad in this defense. The, and so. also, I mean, I don't think there's offense yet that's created to play against this defense. That's why, like, I always, I like the idea that especially in, like, unique situations in the playoffs or whatever conference yeah. I'll play. Absolutely. And that's why when we scrimmage now, we have to go back from, go, switch back and forth, man-to-man to chase, man-to-man to chase, so they can get used to playing a radically different way. Now, the backpack defense, did you see that quote from Becky Hammond last night when she was talking about uh, guarding it for the Aces uh, versus, uh, versus the Liberty in the oh, finals? Oh, so they were doing it. Well, there was the one, one player, and you have to forgive me, I'm forgetting who they were guarding, but she mentioned it. I'm, I, there, I didn't get a chance. I was busy all night. I didn't see the, the footage yet. But I'm a, the backpack defense, to me, means they want to play her to play behind that player. So if anyone watching the WNBA and you're in the comments, let me know if that was the case, and we'll give you some... Um, um, We'll give you, I'll give you some love on the, on the thing. But we also have another super chat. So the Drew Show, a friend of the breakdown, the Drew Show, thank, thank you so you. much. Appreciate it. Um, Paul Silas is the only head coach to coach LeBron to a losing record. Even Luke Walton was above 500. If LeBron had, wait, when did Luke Walton coach LeBron? Or is he just talking about? Luke Walton coached the Warriors. Paul Silas is the only head coach to coach LeBron to a losing record. Even Luke Walton was above 500. If LeBron had Pop as head coach, how many wins as a rookie? 50? Oh, uh, you know, well, that team was really bad, right? That rookie year, LeBron team? Yeah, I mean, he took teams that weren't that good to the finals. Yeah, Larry, Larry, uh, Larry Hughes? Yeah. I mean, yeah, so I don't know what, I don't know, Pop, you know, l- let's flip that over. If Pop didn't have Duncan, does he win any of those games? And, and Manu and Tony Parker. Didn't they win one before with uh, uh, David Robinson? No, I think they had to Oh, yeah, they Duncan. had to wait till David was older, right? The yeah, yeah, I think it was when Duncan and him yeah, were there. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but uh, you know, that, that helps Pop, right? I mean, like... I mean, the, so, players, the players play, you know, at yeah. the end of the day. Did you see that Wemby, uh, Wembenyama save on the baseline last night? Yeah. You know, and did you see him nutmeg? Yeah. Who, was, who did he nutmeg? I couldn't I see. Um, but he's um, he's a unique mover. He's gonna be he's a generational talent, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, I was talking with this trainer. I got to get down and talk to this trainer more in person because I really want to see what they're doing and what, I'm sure they develop some interesting things to deal with. So so tall, and I mean, listen, you, when you're never gonna see a seven foot four guy nutmeg a guy, you know, dribble the ball through someone else's legs and keep going, and I end up fouling him because of that. Like that's audacious, right? As a rookie to be coming in here and doing that in a preseason game. Crazy, um, and so he's a special player. Uh, you think that Chet is on the same lines, or, or like a little bit below that? Well, I think it's going to be more interesting from a team aspect because Chet fits into a place where that team could eventually become contenders. Where Wemby's team is nowhere near that, but I do think Wemby, as an individual talent, is above Chet and is more generational than Chet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. 
let's see here. What do we have? Any other comments here? Yeah, if you missed it, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a holy SHIT, you're tall. Yeah, he's 6'5". He's a 6'5 lefty. Yes, um, I am. Luke, Luke coached the Lakers, Lakers bronze first year. No, he didn't. Bronze first year was like 04, 05. Luke Walton coached. No, he, his first head coaching job was with the Warriors, no? Luke, yeah, Luke yeah, Walton, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and LeBron's. But why is he saying bronze first year? I don't know. Oh, first year on them. I don't even know. Whatever. He nutmeg Reggie Bullock. I thought it was Reggie Bullock, yeah. So he nutmeg Reggie Bullock. Sorry, Reggie. And, and you know you know how embarrassing that is. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever gotten nutmeg? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm from New York. All right, fair enough. I mean, I don't think when I was growing I up. I dunked playing, out a lot more people than dunked on me, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Kept track? Yeah, well, it's partly because I was a pretty good in-game dunker, partly because I didn't play much defense. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, which also reminds me, the chase defense is, leads to runouts as well because of our positioning. I like it. You know what? I actually would probably been playing chase defense my whole life. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, listen, I, I can name drop, can I? So sure. Nick, Nick Nurse saw me demonstrate this at Coaching You Live in 2019. And I was like, well, hey, what do you think? He's a thinking guy, so. Yeah, he's like, what do you think? It's like, it looks like my regular defense. We always get beat like that way anyway. <laughs> We're always chasing from behind. <laughs> so, so, you know what? Maybe he'll run it, you know, sooner than later. Uh, or maybe they're already running it. Well, listen, Thibault would run it when he had Embiid. And Embiid would play uh, a drop coverage all the time. And Thibault would let the guy go and then pr uh, press from behind. So, um, it's already happening. It's all happening. Uh, and then, so here we go. Uh, I know, isn't Coach Nick a Lakers fan? How they try to forget left. Are you a fan of any team? I, listen, the idea that anybody would call me a Lakers fan is hilarious. Now, full disclosure, I was a Lakers fan in the '80s. You know when Magic Johnson. I thought you were was a Bulls playing. fan. Yeah, I was a Bulls fan. I was in Chicago, but so you we, started changing in the '80s when the Lakers were winning. You no, were no, it wasn't fan. changing. In the '90s. And you were, that, no, and no, now no, you're no. a Nuggets fan. No, like back then, <laughs> back then you you were a fan of your team. But then you were either a fan of the Lakers or the Celtics. It was oh, as either well. Or. Yeah, that was always it was a thing because you know Larry and Magic, and I I chose That's Magic. Um, and, you know, I used to like when when Larry would come in and like he missed a free throw and like you know elbow my dad you know in the in the stadium we'd be watching him. Did you play that game like Bird versus Magic? The video uh, game? No. Well, I had uh, uh, Bird versus Dr. J. That's Remember cool. that one? That's you know, cool. you know, it's like a call one on one bird versus Doctor. Did I don't they have know. Jordan mixed in one of those two at one point, like Jordan versus Magic or Jordan? Maybe versus that sounds familiar. Yeah, but I remember having a Commodore sixty four playing. And by the way, the play playability on that was awesome. Was it better than Atari? It was that you you could use the Atari controller, the joystick. Um, but it was better than Atari, without question. Okay. It had it had. Uh, I was more of a Nintendo kid. Well, Atari was like eight bit, I think, and okay. Commodore sixty four was probably sixteen bit, or maybe okay. it might be twenty four bit. Um, and so it was just a better experience, but but just the playability of it, and the reaction, and whatever it was, it was really good. And you would be able to do combinations that would make them do different moves in, in the way we have it now. Like they was they were way ahead of their time. Uh, it might have even been EA Sports. It might have even been way back then. That was them in, in oh, 19, wow. 1984. EA Sports was around in eighties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That they they've been did doing that well. Game. They they didn't yeah. know how to stay relevant. EA might have even been doing Atari games in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know about you. I like that history of like games and stuff. Me it's kind of cool. So my older brother had the Atari. That's why I know about that. Yeah. And oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I had an Atari. I think I still have the cartridges somewhere. I think one of my favorite systems is Super Nintendo. Um, yeah. You don't remember Intellivision. I had Intellivision. Or my neighbor had Intellivision. And that was also pretty cool. Um, now, again, probably 16-bit. I think yours is probably 24. Look at how far we've come. We're broadcasting to the world. Oh, I know. I, I've been Atari. waiting. I, you know, people may not remember. I once did a live broadcast from the Summer League in 20... 14. 
Maybe. And it was all like, it was like blocky and it was, you know, it looked like I was on Mars. Yeah. But I tried and I did. I was walking around and we'd run, we'd walk by like, you know, big writers, whatever. I'm like, hey, you know, and they were all, they didn't want to be on the screen, whatever. It was kind of, it was a little funny because they just kind of quickly wave and get off. I won't name who that was. You can see it if you, it's still up there somewhere, somewhere I think. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I've been waiting for the, uh, the technology to catch up to us. Why wouldn't they want to be broadcasted? They're broadcasters. Well, if you're on a certain network, you probably can't appear on anywhere else without permission, yada yada. You know how that goes. Not anymore, though. We, right? we know, you know who I'm talking about. Well, we know which network we're talking about, right? Anyway. Tell me. Uh, it's still, I think it's still that way. And even if it's not like explicit, I think they still sort of feel like you know, they don't want to. Or maybe they're narcissistic or they're unrealistic in their views right. about themselves. I mean, if you're narcissistic, you probably want to come on because you want to be everywhere. But, you know, you know, it's cool. It's cool. We, we, there's, you know what the big beauty of this whole thing is? Is that there are so many voices out there now that are knowledgeable and, 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 and worth having that don't, you don't need to work for these networks that we're talking about. You know? Ooh. You know, you can... And now you're talking spicy. Yeah. Yeah. So, and by the way, like, does anybody watch this network anymore? I mean, if, I mean aside from some of the live games, you know... When's the last time you watched that show where they have light, highlights on this network? Are you lighting networks on fire? <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm just talking about networks in general. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay. But when's the last time you watched the network highlight show uh, that maybe you used to watch as a kid every day religiously, right? I, I don't even know when it's on anymore, who will host it. Nonetheless, um, let's see here. Luke Walton's first head coach that was for the Lakers, second was for Sacramento. He subbed for Kerr. Yeah, remember he did. He did. He did have a coach. We'll give it to him. The Warriors. He had a great record for the Warriors for a brief time. Um, so Combo was correct with the Warriors. Right. So I think. I think the point was like if Luke Walton, as a without any experience, could could do so well with well with the Warriors. Obviously, that was easy. But my question is, Combo was correct about the Lakers was the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Warriors. Warriors. Well, sorry. right. I mean, it depends. Yeah. If you want us to interview Warriors. whatever, right? Gotcha, Steve Kerr obviously was the head coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they did great. They that, did great. That, that made the league look at him as like, oh, this guy's a viable head coach. Right. Well, remember and that then, didn't really work out over time. And then, well, then Mike Brown took over briefly, and then he did really well too. But listen, here, news Mike fight. Brown, Steve Kerr did really well. Mike <laughs> Brown's well. really good, as we could see with the set. Well, you know what? He's he's. I, I won't know how sold I was until Sacramento. And uh, but here's the thing. Okay, you want to hear an interesting story? Um, I guess I could. Nah. I don't know how much. I could read what you're thinking before you even say. You yeah. were like, "Should I say this story?" No one. See, no one is yet to like rip anything from ours and like light us up with like a little tidbit of a live. That show. means we didn't make it yet. I guess not, or they're not watching this deep into the thing. But we have you know 49 people here, so someone might. But um, so let's just say I was at a practice of a Mike Brown team, and Mike Brown was trying to install the kind of offense we see now, which was very exciting to me because I was the triangle offense coach at the time, coaching. Local they weren't league. having it. Well, one player wasn't having it, and so if you were was wondering he the why, in the if you know, it's just one player among many who uh, also might have had enough power to say we're not having it. And as a result, like what we're seeing now with like the Princeton stuff that he's running, he wanted to do that with with this team that he had coached before. He had a vision, huh? And um, it didn't work very well. And there's a lot of reasons. There was injuries and whatnot, but. Um, I think that there was resistance, uh, you know, in a way that he doesn't have resistance now. 
So we might have been able to see some gloriousness back then gloriousness. If, if they didn't have the resistance. And now that he has all the guys bought in, I mean, I just got a, caught a glimpse. The only thing I haven't seen, though, I need to get the Zenkov. I need to watch some of his footage because I saw him briefly out there. Didn't really get a sense of how he was fitting in the offense, though. But you get you had a video on his European play, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, you know, I, I got to see it now because it should work really well in this offense. One of his teammates said he's the best shooter in the world, or something. Uh, one of his teammates in the NBA. I think so. Uh, I mean, that's what he made his bread and butter on. He could really shoot it. Uh, hop. He's a hop shooter. He's a lefty like you. And um, not as cool as me, but I get it. Yeah. yeah. You know, no one. I'm sure he's cool. You know, it's tough to be that cool, um, <laughs> to be honest. But, um, but like, again, if you were going to pick a player that wasn't in the NBA yet that you could plug right in and do really well, it would be Vizenkov. So, well, especially with the system he's going to be playing in. Exactly. That's the yeah. point. So anyway, so we're getting all this, that, that, that just beautiful offense now. And, you know, and Mike Brown, in my eyes, has been elevated because, A, he got the buy-in. B, they're teaching it right. C, and they're executing it beautifully. Um, you know, it, it really almost, uh, listen... Uh, that Warriors King series went seven games, and it was really tough. And Steph, you know, was Steph. Um, is it fair to say Mike was ahead of his time? Well, the irony is that what he's running is from the '60s. You know what I mean? So it's almost like it's but more ahead spread of his out, time. obviously. Yeah, right. There's some tweaks that are making it more modern, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe he was ahead of his time and understood what would work if he could, you know, if, if they would run it. Yeah, for sure. All, all trends come in waves, anyway, right? Like Baggy was in when I was a kid, and now it's back in. It is. Yeah, I haven't seen Baggy back in. Oh yeah, big time. All right, well, in the comment section, let Coach Nick know that yeah. Maggie is in. I, and I'm you, correct. You're cool, so I'm not. I will. Uh, Who's I, here? I used to be cool. You talk to us. Youth in the. Co- or they might be in school. But isn't, right. isn't like nerdiness cool now? I mean, that, that could be a new trend that I don't know about. Well, do you, I, I mean, I remember when I went to see um, uh, 21, 22 Jump Street, or is it, I think 22, and they go back to college, uh, high school. And, you know, uh, it turns yeah, out that yeah, Jordan yeah. Hill was, was the cool guy because he was sort of, you know, the not cool guy. But that's now cool. Um, so, I don't know. I, I was cool in high school because I could kind of bounce back and forth between both groups. You know. Um, yeah. All right. I remember when Walton's last game in Sacramento when the fan threw up courtside. I do not remember that. That's nasty. That's, so, that's a really random thing to remember. We should get uh, NFL executives Michael Lombardi on. He has a great team building perspective. Ooh, okay. Well, do you know anybody in the NFL? Is he related to Vince? You know what? With a, with a name like Lombardi and, play, and being in the affiliate of the NFL, I think you kind of have to be. Uh, you know, Vince Lombardi was on a staff in the, with the New York Giants before he became the uh, Packers head the coach. The gym in Fordham University. Maybe you could work with them one yeah. day is the Vince Lombardi gym. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you know who else? Was, here, this is my memory because I love history of sports stuff, so... So Vince Lombardi was an assistant for, there was a legendary coach in the Giants. Do you know who the other assistant was alongside him? Who? Don Shula. Oh, okay. Do you know who that was? Coach of the uh, Miami Dolphins. Very good. And the legendary. And people say, I don't know football. So imagine having a staff that had Don Come Shula on, and, and Vince Lombardi on it as your assistants. Like, that's insane. Wow. Uh, they both went on to be the greatest of their, of their time. I guess it would be the equivalent of having Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich on you as your assistants. Yeah. Um, Code combo prize picks if you want to, you know, right. play fantasy sports football. Right. Now, what's, Baggy is in. Baggy's in. Fathi is saying that it's, it's in. Um, or is it Fatih? Maybe I think the TH is make a, a hard T on that one for Fadi Muhammad. Let, you can let me know. Um, oh, the, somebody asked about our CP3 thoughts. I mean, I think we've talked about this in the past, but I don't think it's a fit because of him and Steph Curry on defense. I don't know is ideal, and then on offense, I don't know if him and Draymond is ideal. Right. Well, but at least he can shoot the three. Um, I saw some of the practice footage. You know what? I, I lament. I've been traveling for the last week. 
and I get home tomorrow. So I'll finally be able to fire some, some clips up and watch uh, if they've been playing together. I, really, I do want to see it. I think that there's possibilities for them. Okay. But I also feel like CP3 would just be great coming off the bench, running the second unit. And then they will have some overlap together on the court. But I think that CP3 should probably be the, the floor general for... Let's say he's going to play what? He shouldn't... By the way, CP3 should, should, had better not play more than about 25 minutes a game. Tops. Yeah. Because he won't make it to the season. But if he's going to play 25 minutes, I'd give him you know, 14 of those at least on his own without Steph. Cameron agrees with you. He just, right. he just wrapped it on a song with J. Cole about how CP3 should come off the bench. There you go. There you go. Did, so you did he Cam? rhyme bench with something else? Mench? No, no, I don't no. think so. Okay, be well, a Maybe mench. we could fire up that clip after right. this. Be a mench, ride the bench, you know, something like okay, that. Okay, you're right. out here. Okay, you got bars. You're in New there York, you so you feel like you got bars now. Right. I okay. used to, I, I, listen, you remember, I, I don't know if you've seen, I used to do the uh, Friday, uh, um, Friday Night Lights. I did the Friday Night Highlights on Saturday morning. Friday yeah. Night Lights was a show I used to have with right. Pierre. Well, so it was apostrophe lights, like highlights, but then you know, Friday Night Lights, get okay. it? Okay, we had a show called Friday Night yeah. Lights. Okay, and I, I, and I, would, I would spit bars, man. I would do everything rhymed. Kind of like what Goat Mentator does uh, you know, on, the, on his top five. You know, so you got bars. I, I, you know, Can you, we hear listen, a quick 16? You never saw, you never saw my uh, coaching basketball rap that I released on YouTube on my channel? No. We did a can whole... Can I get the first four lines? Okay. Um, uh, no, I don't know if I can remember it, but I might. Let me think. Uh, but YouTube Studios let us in there, and we did a whole production, and we basically did a shot-for-shot shot remake of um, uh, Curtis Blow's Basketball. You okay. know that rap? Yeah, of course. Basketball is my favorite sport. I, love I like the way you run up and down the yeah, court. Now, you're yeah. probably doing the crisscross version or whoever that did it later. Crisscross? Somebody did it later. Well, if crisscross did it later, it's still a long time ago. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> true. But it's not the good one. The good one is the original one. Curtis um, Blow, right? Curtis Blow, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So I did uh, coaching basketball. and That um, needs to be re revamped. It was. It is. I did I'm it. I'm talking about like a 2023 ago. version. Right. The straight version, normal? Uh, okay, I guess. But listen, Curtis Blow was awesome at it. So, so you, check you it out. you consider yourself a rapper? Uh, I, I, I have rapped, therefore I rap. How about that? Bars. Yeah. Now, listen, I could do like Run DMC from like the mid-80s. No, I mean Coach know. Nick raps. You know, but so okay. I used to be able to do that stuff. But All right. Anyway. But yeah, the CP3 thing will be interesting. I don't really see where it's going, but hey, you never know. Right. All right. Well, let's see here. Um, the, the audience is growing. This must be an interesting conversation for people. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nerdiness is never cool. It's all propaganda. Cool is cool. <laughs> These guys are funny. Man. Oh, man. Nerds yeah. control the media. Don't do it, Coach Nick. Could, could may throw you in the garbage like B-Rat. Oh, combo. May throw you in the garbage like You know what? The, the, the whole nerds control the media thing is interesting because it's like it feels like things are so weird with the media and the, and the former players in their own way. They got like interesting things about talking to basketball. Right. And they, it's almost like both sides are signaling to show who they are instead of really giving their opinion. Interesting. Well, and even the follow-up about the whole the, the nerdiness of the thing and people covering the the the, uh, the 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 league, for instance, like there is this. Um, it's not a sti stigma, but it would be like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, like you're, you're, if you picture like the blogger, right? It's this nerdy guy, never played the game, right? And they're always kind of complaining about that. Um, and that that may or may not be true. I mean, certainly there are the people who are out there doing. I, this I feel like some of the so-called nerds know the NBA really well, but they don't know basketball from a grassroots level because they didn't grow up in basketball. So you, they don't have that foundation, right? And that doesn't mean you can't report on it and, and, and have insight into the You know the, game. the NBA really well, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but I will say that like if you're going to analyze you know X's and O's and break down games like what I do, uh, if you haven't been a coach. Uh, it does leave you susceptible to 
uh, you know, uh, not fully contextualized information, I could say it that way. Don't you Wrong think people could think of original ideas if they're not in that field? Because they're, you know what I mean? They could, they could. But I do think that if you're, well, but if you're going to offer videos that are from a, like from that perspective, where you're really kind of driving deep, and you don't have, you don't have like the coaching experience. MBA, I feel like most of the NBA media doesn't dive too much into the coaching aspect, right? No, they don't. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Right. And that's why, that's the, the niche. They stay in their lane in that regard. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Although, I, I think that, the, you know, for a long time, the reporting was so generic, and you could almost, you know, predict what the article was going to be like describing the game. It was almost fill in the blanks mm -hmm. because there was no depth of thought about it. And then some people came along and really started giving people more insight into how it worked. And then they learned from that. And then they became more sophisticated and smarter. And then the writing had to then adjust to that. You know what's been interesting? The ESPN player rankings and how upset people get over certain players. Uh, I don't really understand why you get so upset over where some player is ranked. Well, what was it? Was it Jalen Brown? No, who, I mean, who like... Kyrie, Ja, and Zion are like, you know, because obviously Kyrie is probably the most skilled basketball player, and then he's super high, but I guess some of it comes down to availability. But even if Kyrie is high, like, why would, why do you get so upset about, like, like that's your son or something, or like, I don't know. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like, it's just a ranking. It's just, it's. Well, like, you're a fan, so you don't want to hear anything bad about your fan. Listen, if there's anyone who knows about that, like if I did a breakdown, like for instance, the honest breakdown I did when he scored 51 last year, uh, he <coughs> almost lost the game at the end by getting rid of the ball, throwing the ball away because he didn't want to shoot free throws when they tried to foul. And people were high on the honest train, so yeah. you, kind of, you were dampening it. Well, I mean, I can't break down. You were raining on their parade. I and by the way, 75% of it was just all oohs and ahs and then being amazed at what he was doing. But and then he got the 50 piece chicken nugget right after he dropped 50. Come on, Coach Nick. Well, I know, but like, you expect me to not mention like the most crucial part of the game? No, they <laughs> want to hear about the 50 piece chicken nuggets. All right, that's, that's the problem. It's like, I, I can't quite just stop there. I have to kind of, you know, covering the game, like whatever he did. And it, it just so happened that uh, it is a, a shortcoming. It's funny, you know, did you, we're looking at some of the footage now between Giannis and, um, and Dame, right? And Dame is sort of looks like he's struggling for shooting a little bit and maybe figuring some things out. But it also looks like they're also you know, understanding a little bit more about spacing and what Dame's going to bring to them off that dribble when he sets the screen. Yeah. So, you know, it I think it's a great fit. I think it's a matter of time. I think I have them over the Celtics. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about that in the last show, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Drew Holiday doesn't really like, it's not a seismic shift. He's just a really good Defensively, player. Defensively, they get better. Fit. But yeah. they did lose Marcus Smart, who you don't really... Yeah, but Derek White's going to get more run. And uh, Peyton Pritchard... He's good. ...is, is yeah. really... And they got him on well. a good deal. I think $30 million is a good deal for him. Uh, yeah, as long as they, they fulfill his promise, which is getting in the, the minutes he deserves. Uh, and that's what's happening. I think the concern is probably defense in the playoffs. But he plays hard on defense. He's definitely, you know, relentless. He's right. just smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, let's, I guess we have a, you know, a few more minutes before we get too long to this. We're going on you know, hard. But Any basketball questions? Yeah, any, yeah we're going to answer some basketball questions for you if we can. Um, any nerd questions, I suppose, or anything, you know, rap? You know, you, I can tell you what my favorite rap was, my, or my favorite album, I guess. Uh, I think. Oh, go ahead. I, well, I would probably say, like, well, here's the albums we listened to back in the day that I would listen to a lot. It would be like Raising Hell, Run DMC. So um, that's... Uh, KRS-One? That, that uh, well, on that album, I had Walk This Way. Do you know that song? Okay. So no. they, they took Walk This Way was by Aerosmith and then they made it into a rap. No, it's a... So who's your favorite rapper? By the way, you can almost argue that Aerosmith was a rapper too because their version of Walk This Way was a bit rappy to the, you know... Oh, shit, we can't do that. I know. Why not? Aerosmith was not a rapper. I know, but that was that song 
walk this way from 1975, kind of was rap. They always talk about Blondie was the first rap, uh, you know, before that, but or like in mainstream. But I think Coach, that Aerosmith. We cannot either. call Aerosmith a rapper. I won't. We're I in won't. New York. That's, 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 that, that's, that album. That shout out to Aerosmith, but that's almost blasphemous. Yeah. No, that song, you know, you could argue it's rap. But, uh, Who's your favorite rapper? So I don't know if I have a favorite rapper. I know. Because like LL Cool J came out with that album with, um, I think it was before Mama said LL Cool J, okay. But, um, and then. He's from Queens. And then Beastie Boys was. Queens Get the huge. Money. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Beastie Boys ended up being huge. And then, you know, did you see the, the Beastie Boys documentary that came out? No? Uh, last year, one of them unfortunately passed, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they did a, they did a, a documentary about it, and um, I don't know I had forgotten how influential they were and how much we listened to them from me back then. Uh, I just they kind of disappeared a little bit, right? In the, in the I guess everybody has their time, right? Unless you're Drake and LeBron, you just keep going and going and going, right? And in the rap genre, I feel like there isn't there's not like a classic rap, like what there's classic rock. Oh, there is. There Baby, is. Yeah, Tupac is like oh, like Juicy no. is classic. I guess, but I'm not, that's even later. I'm talking about like from the 80s, you know. Uh, I want to hear that stuff. But I feel like they kind of just faded away and, you know, you don't hear much from them. Uh, unless like, you know, or even like Ice-T. Oh, I once left Ice-T's rhyme pays in the cassette, cassette player. Like NWA is classic, you know, yeah. Snoop Dogg, the old stuff's classic. Right. Well, you so do you, you remember rhyme pays? Ice-T, remember he used to be a rapper Please. before he was an actor? Of course, of course. So, yeah. uh, and, and he was, it, it, it was, um, how should we say... Ryan Pace is a very um, dirty album. It's uh, very explicit. Have you ever heard of Illmatic? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's classic. Okay. Queens, not too far from here. All right, all right. You can walk to where they grew up. Okay. Where he grew up. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry to uh, let people know where I'm living. That's not good. Right. <laughs> right. And, and I suspect if you walk to see where they're living, you're just kind of shrug and keep walking. Right? That's true. It might just be like a, you know, a house. Oh, <laughs> another, we have another Super Chat as we're getting wrapped up here. Alan Tran, friend of the breakdown. Thank you so much, Alan. We really appreciate it. Bucks are one injury to Giannis or Dave from crumbling. I think Boston can still compete if Tatum or Brown goes down. You know can what? You read that one more time. Yeah, uh, Bucks are one injury to Giannis or Dame from crumbling, and he's probably right because they're not. Well, are they? Can't like, you say that about Tatum or Brown? Well, that's what he's saying. He's like if Tatum, or, if Tatum goes down. I think they're still really good, and Brown the same way, and that probably is true. They they might be. If if Tatum if Tatum or Brown goes down, they're not contenders anymore. Right, but who was I thinking um, was really? Was it the Bucks that were not deep at all? Gosh, or was it the Celtics were not deep at all? Now I'm blanking. See, I like to take the injury thing out of these conversations because we, you could say that about almost any team and say, oh, yeah, if LeBron or AD gets injured or if this team gets injured. You know, almost. I think it's okay when it's so ridiculous, like not ridiculous because injuries are unfortunate and you can't really um, prepare for them. But like Kawhi and Paul George, I think it's okay to do that with, right? Like we don't know if they're going to be healthy. But for the most part, I think it's more fun to just say, in full health, right? I, I tend to, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, assume they're healthy. I like yeah. to assume the best. Because that then said, we can't even have a conversation if we go down right. that rabbit hole. Well, but that said, you know, if you, you know, we could conjecture, and you know, if you can picture, if, if if Brown goes down and you still have Tatum and Drew and Derek White uh, and Al Horford, no. like that, they could keep the ship uh, floating. No, because Jalen Brown brings them something in transition that they don't have. I believe, like. You know, he gives them like relief buckets, easy buckets in transition. He breaks the game wide open in spurts. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but maybe you could find that in, in little pieces and replace it. Why but, who? but but meanwhile, but the Bucks idea, you know, I almost want to see. Can I just quickly check? Um, let me just look at their um, the roster one more time. And also, I love Porzingis. I mean, if you want to start going down the injury rabbit hole, um, I think he's gonna have a breakout season. But I mean, that's a concern for the Celtics always, right? 
Who? Porzingis. I mean, if you want to say that about yeah. Dame and... Oh, no. Know, Absolutely. But I hope he stays... Porzingis looks great in the um, yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that all, you know... Actually, just, I think they should run everything through Porzingis. But you still have the Bucks over the Celtics? Well, you have the Bucks over the Celtics or I the do. other way? I do. You know, all right. That's interesting. I mean, I, I think I can't wait to see him play. That, that's going to be the, the, you know, the, the deciding factor. Now, What's more important is who goes farther, who wins the championship more than them playing against each other. But I think them playing against each other will be interesting as well. Well, it'll give us something. It'll give us a chance to get a handle on where they are. But, yeah. uh, and hopefully with the new rules, they're not going to duck each other. So they won't rest, you know, Tatum. Ka- Kawhi uh, said he don't care games. about those rules pretty much in his own terms. He's just going to do what he's going to do. He's, I, like, I, he's yeah. like, I'm not resting. I'm injured, basically, is what he's yeah. saying. Yeah, and Kawhi is. I don't think Kawhi's ever recovered from the tendinopathy he had in his uh, quad. So I think that they'll they'll probably have uh, medical records. They'll just show the league, and the league will have to they have to honor that. You can't get into the business of questioning whether someone's injured, right? Now the teams weren't really even hiding at that point. They would their reasonings were so you know not ridiculous, but probably so um, intentional that they're just resting them that uh, they could question those. But certainly with the Kawhi, there's no question. I'm sure he'll be able to just simply say, they have to believe him. You have to believe him. You can't not. It's, you know, that's just how it has to go. Um, right? right. The, the second you, you doubt uh, a player's... I mean, there's you know, paperwork that he's been injured a lot right. of times. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and there's MRIs and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it, it, once you doubt a player uh, is sincere with saying that they're hurt, then... That that kind of trust you almost never get back. That's why Adam Silver and Lee kind of towed the line, like with their verbiage on these rules, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah, you know, it's like John Wooden was really smart because he would um, he he would he sort made of, sure your socks were ironed out before you put it in the. That's sneaker. right, right. But but he also didn't have defined like uh, punishments for different rules, so he could be malleable when they happen and figure out how to punish that would be appropriate for that player in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and if you were a cynic, you would say, okay, great. So he just was going to punish Kareem Abdul-Jabbar differently than, you know, Joe Schmo on the end of the bench. Uh, and that also was part of it, but penalizing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, you know, is different than penalizing someone who doesn't play any, anyway to the team. True. So you might suspend this, the guy at the end of the bench for two games for something in subordination where Kareem only gets like a half of a game, mm. you know, but it ends up being almost the equivalent because of how important Kareem is. But Interesting. the point being that he always, he never boxed himself in uh, on those rules and it gave him, you know, the ability, you know, I, I don't want to call it wiggle room, but it gave him the ability to sort of evaluate on an individual basis what, what was going on. So, uh, and I don't think he ever had much trouble. No one really took advantage of it. So that's, that's a good, a good, good sign. Um, well, what do you think? Let me see here. Uh, let me get back to our, our chats. Uh, background play is on. Okay, not now. Um, oh, we have another uh, super chat. So thank you, thank you uh, to Alan. And now we have Melting Into Air back again for a very generous super chat. Thank you thank so much. You. I'm tapping on this. I would love to just again, put it on the screen. So I guess what it tells us is that StreamYard is the way to go. Somehow StreamYard has figured it out and YouTube is not. I would love to get you on the screen, but I can't. But um, anyway, here's, here's, here's nothing to air's question. Cavs were decisively defeated by the Knicks, yet they still have more than twice as good odds to win the Eastern Conference. Because they added Max Struess. Why are the Knicks not higher and the Cavs not lower? We love you, Max, but I don't think he's shifting odds in, in Vegas. I mean, he? I think he's like a wing-type player that they needed, you know, movement shooter. Um, yeah. It's the position, the in-between size player that they didn't have. Like, they had two dynamic guards. They had two really good bigs, but they needed more wings, right? Yeah. So, 
Yeah. You know, maybe Fournier is, is, did some voodoo and then made their odds go down because he's not playing. He's not going to be a rotation player. Yeah, and, I think he could actually help them. Uh, yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want like a 6'5"? Tibbs is all about the defense, and he's not bringing much on that side. Right. But here's what's interesting to me is that I, think, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that we heard Fournier speak about it and saying he's kind of mystified. Or I know Gobert spoke out for him. And maybe Gobert was indicating that, uh, that uh, Fournier was saying that he doesn't know why he's not playing. And that's not great. If you're not going to play and you're a guy like a veteran like that, the coach probably should have a conversation to make it clear to you. Now, maybe he did and Fournier's just not taking it. But I would think that, you know, if you did it properly, he's not running the press and not complaining or not being mystified and confused. I think, well, sometimes they just ask you a question and then you answer it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if he went out of his way to say that. They, You know, I think they asked him a question. He answered it, honestly. But, um, you know, I think they're playing him in preseason now. He's looked good in preseason for what I watched him play. And they're probably doing that to raise his trade value. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. Someone, someone will, uh, will, will pick him up. Um, the Drew Show, another... Uh, oh, hang on. There's more. Why the Knicks not higher and the Cavs not lower? So let's get to that bottom line there. So it's probably popular to kind of crap on the Knicks. You know, it's easy to sort of... I mean, their offense is just... I don't know what they do. They just kind of go ISO, and then if they're in trouble, they kick it out. You don't really know what they're doing. Right. Um, But I don't know. I mean, Cavs have have a more dynamic backcourt Mm -hmm. with Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, who's probably... Donovan Mitchell's probably the... If you took both teams together, he's probably the best player. Even though Julius Randle is all NBA, I think most people would take him. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, I, I think the other thing is, because I don't think Vegas would care necessarily about how they run their offense per se. Like, I don't know how reflected that would be. I, I do think that perhaps the notion could be that, you know, the, the Cavs are a young team. They were thrown together last year, found a little success, got to the playoffs, not necessarily surprisingly, but they got there. They got their experience they were looking for. Yeah. Now, now that they've got it, they're ready to now take off. So that would probably be the only argument I could see because I do like the Cavs and they and they put together Struce is a very nice piece that will help them. Yeah. So um, any shooting and I think there's someone else they added, but I'm forgetting who else they added. Um, so so the point being that like yeah, it might just be because of the experience they got getting beat by the Knicks that like are now going to make them better, but they're going to be battling. Those two teams are going to be very close, I imagine. They should have tried um, to get Reggie Bullock. Speaking of the Wemby Nutmeg. Uh, yeah. Help them. Well, who has them right now? Is it Detroit? No. I think it's the Rockets, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So, the Drew Show. Thank you, thank you again for another super chat. Very, very generous. Really, really appreciate it. It really helps. Uh, Coach Nick, did you watch the last season of Winning Time? Thoughts? I think the best season better than the first. I think best season better than the first. So, here's my problem with it is I haven't finished it. And that's strange, right? Because it's been out for a while and I couldn't finish it. And it just seems to me I think I couldn't quite get through it. Um, but I, I've enjoyed it and I've liked it and it's certainly uh, amazing how they're recreating all the real things that have happened on the court almost like frame by frame perfectly. So, um, yeah, but it, it is compelling and I, I wish I had a better under, uh, reason for like why I haven't just sat down and finished watching them all. Um, it, it just hasn't compelled me for whatever reason but I do enjoy it while I'm watching it and uh, I know we were doing a live show last year every once a week after each uh, on Mondays after the Sunday show and um, I know Roland, my, the partner who had covered the NBA during that time, you know, he was up in arms because they were getting so many things wrong, factually. Bob Ryan, who's been on my podcast recently, doesn't like the portrayal of Jerry West yeah. or Jerry Buss. 
Yeah, well, I'm sure. Or Bird. He, I mean, well, of course. I mean, yeah. he had relationships with all those people. Yeah. And, you know, it's not a flattering uh, uh, portrayal of Jerry West at all yeah. to the point where it's it's a caricature and, 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 and Jerry West is going to sue them and then which I probably, guess didn't sue which them. Which he probably could for what they were doing. He made them like a, what, a stumbling alcoholic pretty much. It was like. Yeah, but like bipolar and, um, and just sort of a ranting lunatic. One kind of the greatest of players to ever play the game. Yeah. I and and, and I, I know Jerry a little bit. I, I you know, I. I uh, you he's know, a smart guy. Yeah, he's, I, I, I don't get a sense that he would be flying off the handle throwing trophies into the wall like we saw, whatever. This doesn't, you know, it's I a limited like, thing, um, but you would have got, I would have gotten that sense. As somebody who does some acting, I do like the idea of more shows about basketball because they give more basketball-based actors more jobs. That's, that's the perspective I'm looking at. I like, Fair I enough. think more basketball is better in every field. Yeah, well, you know, the star of a Google commercial here who wants to get more I don't know about basketball. the star, but we're getting there one day. Right, and... Um, <laughs> So, yeah, you're right. And by the way, the reason why <laughs> we don't get oftentimes a lot of basketball content is because it's never great. It's not covered well or whatever. Um, you know, it has got, the basketball scenes have got better over the years. They used to be terrible, right, back in yeah, the day? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, so Payman Benz, who's, who directed, so there was an episode last season, in the first season of uh, Winning Time, where they had that really cool effect where everyone would freeze. And then the camera would be moving around three. That eight. was cool. That was his episode. And I, I got to get him on to talk more about it. But um, so yeah, that's beginning to open up a whole new realm of how you want to shoot basketball on the court. And then we've seen that footage of the guy in the rollerblades, right? He's on the rollerblades with the camera and he's, yeah. he's like skating so right by So that could help coaching them. too, right? Freezing um, people like in 3D video? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the Matrix style. Yeah. So, yeah, I had actually almost tried to like invent something like that like in, you know, 20 years ago in a way where you'd have all the different camera angles synced up and then if you're trying to show somebody a thing from the regular angle, oh, you can't figure out how that goes. Okay, hang on, you press a button and then all of a sudden you fly down and now you're looking straight down. See how you were doing that 20 years ago? I was trying to figure out how to do that 20 years ago and I, I did some mock-up. sure you could do it now. Um, probably, yeah. probably, you know, but uh, if you had the right, the right amount of cameras, and we see it sometimes live where they'll do the matrix thing because they have, you know, 20 cameras in between the start and stop, and we see it in football. But it also, you, when you see that, sometimes that one of those free frames gets kind of weird, kind of like when you're doing the pano, yeah. and then you get a weird, like, alien-looking thing. So it's not, like, perfect, but um, eventually what they'll be able to do is do it, like, in 2K. So they can render it in 2K, but 2K will look so realistic that it'll look, it'll look like you know, uh, okay, real people. That's cool. Which it kind of almost does, right? They're getting close. Oh, yeah. And I love how you can fly around. If I, if I could figure out how to get 2K to like imi uh, imitate the games live and then use that footage to break down, then that's I mean, all I would do. I would fly, I, be flying around all over the place. I wonder where 2K gets to the point where it's exactly like watching a real game. Like there's, yeah. there's no difference. I mean, sometimes, you know... With AI, I'm sure it's going to accelerate the process of yeah. real games. But there are times when I'm watching the real game and they, when they go to that 4K camera, that 8K camera, and it, kinda, it, looks, it looks like the video game. So it's almost like the other way around. Uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't look real. Right, right. So, um, you know, so, that, so that's my thoughts. I, I mean, I am enjoying it, but um, something about it just wasn't quite compelling enough to get me to keep, you know, come back and watch them as soon as they came out. But anyhow, well, listen, I think, uh, you know, I think it's time to... Uh, yeah, this was fun, man. I, we always said we were going to do this, and hopefully we could do more of it. I don't know if we'd be able to set it up every week. <laughs> right. Unless long... we get the big sponsor to fly us somewhere. That's right, because we are on the opposite ends of the country here. But uh, so excited to be here with you in person. Uh, it's great. And these are always better. It's always better to be in person than having a back and forth. Yeah, I, I truly appreciate you, Coach Nick, because obviously before I met you, I used to tune into the videos, whether I was playing overseas or wherever I was, and I used to watch them before I knew you. Then I had you on the podcast a couple times. 
Then we kind of graduated to doing live shows every week, and now you're here in person at Combo's Court Studios. So it's crazy how things come full circle and how this life works. Absolutely, can't can't wait to uh, to do our next show and keep talking about this because we have a whole season in store for you guys, and uh, hopefully we'll figure out some other interesting ways to you know Interact. to cover this thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of thinking I'll just talk out loud. Uh, maybe we can do some like post game shows, which would be the pod. But that means you gotta you know you gotta, you gotta stay up a little late on one of those days sometimes. Like like on a West Coast game that would be like well, two a.m. That's rough unless it's a weekend where like the, the I could probably do it for the East Coast games. Well, yeah, weekend I, weekend I could do yeah, it. Or, you know, let's, let's you know the, the last game is at uh, you know six o'clock your time there's, over at eight thirty. There's some um, pretty like high level weekend games I'm sure right. Yeah, there's yeah. probably some Sunday games and yeah. stuff like that, and there's also gonna be the tournament in the middle of we'll the figure it out. season. All right, the Drew Show. Thank you, man. This is really uh, amazing. And I, by the way, I wonder, I don't know if it pops up. I, I think it probably Coach does. Nick actually got us some bananas and waters today, so that probably pays for it, so we're good. There you go, yeah. yeah. The Drew Show, Drew Show says, if I win a billion-dollar lottery, I'll buy Coach Nick at Penthouse in New York City. Well, that would be very nice. If then we can do live shows all the time. We've got it in writing now, so if you, yeah, I, I find a billion-dollar lottery somewhere and then and see if you can win that one, I guess. So, so if he wins $900 million, this is null and void. It is. It's got to be a billion, so... <laughs> You know, but hey, you know, with inflation, we'll probably get to a billion sooner than later. So uh, yeah, we'll true. keep a hold to your word, Drew Show. Uh, again, thank you, everybody. Uh, this is going to end a little bit weird because you're going to end up having to watch me get up and press a button on my phone to end it, I guess, right? Can't you end it from there or no way? Let's see. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I have the control from here, unfortunately. If I tap this, what's this? Nope. I don't, it doesn't look like I can. So I will get up there. But first, we'll just do our little sign-off, and then we'll do it in person, and then, uh, then I'll, I'll end it. So... Uh, thank you all for being here. Thank you so much for the super chats. Again, it really, really helps us. Like, it'll help us cover some of the costs that I had to incur to get over here and hang out with uh, with Combo. So, thank you so much for that, uh, Combo. Thanks for you know being you and being part of this. It's really fun. And uh, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel. We're a conversation. You in? You in, Combo? Yes, sir.